patriotism, faith, national unity, education, fiscal responsibility, civility, the values that define America. Fascinating stories and talks from America-loving patriots dedicate to preserving freedom, opportunity, and justice. Welcome to the Friends and Fellow Citizens Podcast. everyone and welcome back to episode 82 this is part two of our conversation with our special guest dana mcclendon if you haven't checked out part one make sure to take a listen down in the show notes below you can feel free to come back to part two when you're finished with part one if you haven't already make sure to subscribe to our email list or subscribe to our podcast so that you get the latest episodes right to your inbox or right to your notifications feed in part one, we spoke a little bit about the hot, crazy matrix, some initial reactions, and a little bit about technology. In part two, we'll be resuming some conversation about technology, about the hot, crazy matrix reactions, and the relevance of comedy, as well as how the family structure is in today's society. And now, back to our conversation in part two. The, the deep fakes. You know, that's something that is i mean it just seems like you know some something that i wouldn't be super inclined to do you know i'm not a video editing person or anything i don't know how this this kind of stuff works but imagine you you mentioned that and again earlier how you were you know how you've been involved in with city council imagine if i mean it's it is kind of happy now but imagine if someone could take what a city council member or a politician or whoever and was able to make them sound like they said something really bad. And the problem is, is that unless you see that person live, you don't know right. how uh, the authenticity, you don't know, understand the authenticity. You don't know if that is authentic and that, and that contributes to that. Well, or the, con- or the context has been like one of the very first things that happened to me when the video went viral was that, um, Channel Four and where I live in Franklin, Tennessee, the Channel Four is out of Nashville. They did to the, what I consider to this day to be a total hit piece. Um, they they clearly decided that they were going to to cover the story in a way that cast a, a, a bad light on me for whatever reason. Um, and they cobbled together little bits and pieces of information and spun it up in a way that made it look like I was definitely and intentionally a bad person. And the proof was this viral video that on they bear, they hardly, they hardly ever covered actually in the news piece. And it was so bad that I got a call. I got a call the next day from a lady that told me she was also a lawyer. I'd never heard of her. I don't know every lawyer, but she said she was a lawyer and she was just railing on me. And I, I said, well, why are you calling me and so up, upset? And she said, well, I saw you on the news and what you said. And I said, did you see the video? No. I said, do you, do you otherwise know anything about me? And she said, no. I said, so you're calling me uh, in, uh, uh, in, in reality, in real time. You have found me and called me to berate me about the person you think I am based upon a three minute story that channel four did last night. You know, nothing else about me. Yes. And I'm very mad blah, blah, blah. And she didn't, she didn't slow down at all. 
And I just said to her, finally, I said, let me ask you something based upon who you think I am. What in the world did you think was going to happen when you called me and told me I was what you think I am? (laughs) And she was like, well, I wanted you to apologize and take it down. And I said, I am absolutely not going to apologize or take it down. And that's not because I am what you think I am. (laughs) (laughs) And she just didn't know where to go with that. Oh, boy. Jesus. (laughs) I mean, so it it doesn't even have to be like super technical, deep fake. It can just be like spin. And, And the next thing you know. You know, I had a a real live human being calling me from, you know, five miles away from where I live, um, absolutely convinced that I was the worst person on the planet this week. I don't think I am, but whatever. I'm not going to say that I did something brave. I mean, the reality is I can't take it down and I'm not going to apologize. Um, And I've just sort of, when people get upset, I've just sort of challenged them and said, let me ask you something. If you had seen that video five, you know, five, seven minutes into Saturday Night Live, it was a skit that they put on. Would you be bent? Well, that's comedy. Like, or they, they usually try to deny the point, you know, like if it if it hit your Facebook feed or if it hit your YouTube feed or someone sent you a link and you just went to it cold and you didn't think it was funny. Well, that's fine. I, I don't I'm not saying there's a universal funny, but it went hyper viral because people thought it was funny, not because they thought it was horrible. Like, like things that people find that offensive, maybe get up and down quickly, but we're talking seven and a half years later and people are still tracking me down, you included, to talk about this thing that they found funny. So I think the proof, I think it's a, for, I, I think the, 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 the debate has been over for a long time. It is widely received as funny. Good. I made millions and millions of people laugh. I'm happy about that. I'm not going to apologize. If it makes you upset, maybe ask yourself, what is it that made you upset? I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it's not, and, and, and I found out that there's about everywhere it went there was about a 5% bad reaction rate. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, these are the same people, I guess, that that go to comedy clubs and then pitch a fit when the comedian tells them, tells a joke that they don't like. I, I don't understand. Like, at, at nobody ever, ever was compelled to watch my video. Ever. You were free to walk away, push, stop, click, whatever. You could leave anytime you wanted. And yet... They would watch the whole thing and get madder and madder. I don't know. That's I don't think that's on me. This is why I think it's so important for people just in general to accept that there's there's gonna be these kinds of people out there. And it doesn't it doesn't help when we kind of going back to what we've been saying, it, was, it doesn't help to hide behind a highlight reel or to accept that a highlight reel is representative of of someone's life or their character. It's just really odd. Well, that's the other thing, right? I mean, I've been a lawyer. By the time I filmed that video, I'd been a lawyer 25 years. I'd been a parent. I'd been a husband, son, a brother. You know, I have a mom. I had a mom. My mom died last year. But I, at the time I made the video, I had a mom. I have a sister. I have nieces. I don't have any daughters, but it wouldn't have changed anything. It's like, um, it's, you know, if we, if we can't, 
laugh at stuff, then I don't really know what we're doing here. Like, you, you, and and maybe it's just a, a coping mechanism for a deeply troubled, you know, middle-aged lawyer. But I tend to laugh at stuff rather than, you know, get wrapped, get wrapped around the axle. It went hyper-viral and hundreds of millions of people saw it because they thought it was funny. If, if the first 50,000 people that saw that video thought it was terrible and reprehensible, then another 50,000 people would never have seen it. Market has spoken in a way. <laughs> it's... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't be mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That's, that's, you know, I, I really love how we're really delving to, to a lot of these issues that, like I said earlier, I feel like this is what makes you mention authenticity. Anyone who speaks to me or you or a number of people out there, you get the real deal. You don't get anything else. This is the real deal. I, when I, I when the video went viral, I got called by Hollywood. I got called by a handful of studios because they haven't had an original thought in thirty years. Um, they're just they're, they're just they're just waiting around for the next viral video so they can buy the rights and make it into a movie. Um, and uh, so I got called by a bunch of studios, and I ended up flying out there and uh, meeting with some studios to talk about making it into a movie or something. And um, I was sitting in a, I mean, this is a legitimate Hollywood guy. This is a guy who's actually in a position to make movies. Right. And he looks at me and he goes, I just have to ask you, Dana, how did you conceive of that character? I mean, and how did you know that like to make the quality of the video really crummy like really bad because it just lent this this gritty this, this reality and this character that you conceived is just brilliant how did you how did you come up with that and i just looked at him i was like stick around for 10 minutes you'll understand <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what to tell you like, and they i'd get in the room with them and like most of them figured out within like three minutes that the guy in the video is here right like there's no I didn't have to like do a, 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 you know, get into character. Um, but some of them thought that it was all like, like conceived and, 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 um, designed and they're so committed. They're, they're so used to being surrounded by fakery that they think everything is fake. They couldn't even tell the real from the unreal. I just laughed at that guy. I was like, I literally just looked at him. I was like, stick around for 10 minutes. You'll understand. <laughs> kicking the cognitive dissonance in that guy's mind. You know, it's kind of mind blown almost. <laughs> yeah. It never occurred to him that I might just actually be that way. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh my gosh. This, that's so great. And uh, I like to add a quote that from Washington as well, which I think is well, actually a couple of quotes here. First is about marriage. Uh, I have always considered marriage as the most interesting event of one's life. The foundation of happiness or misery. I think this might be a be, be a quote that that Dana might might relate to in, in terms of your your career and what you've seen. But the other one, it, it's a very broad one, but I think it's very very prevalent, very relevant to our conversation today. Which is quote: "Be courteous to all, but intimate with a few, and let those few be well tried before you give them your confidence." Unquote. I I bring bring these up because it, it's very concerning when I see people, you know. I know that we've 
gone through the COVID pandemic and all that. But I've I've always emphasized personally to my friends and to my family that it is very important to have that to to recognize that we we need that in person experience, seeing people interacting with each other. The the fact that I think that things like you know, Zoom and all that, th- I think those are band aid solutions. But we don't we don't put band aids on f- so that we leave them on forever. We 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 take them out once once the wound is healed, once we are able to interact with others. And um, Dana, I'd just like to ask you what your thoughts are about just how maybe some things that you've learned or things that have been reinforced during this pandemic when it comes to relationships between people, when it comes to you know the 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 family unit and all that uh, just to kind of as as like a bit of a takeaway perhaps over what we've seen over the last couple of years or so i'm i'm terribly cynical but i've earned the right um i think uh, now okay let me let me preface this by saying that no one calls me and tells me that they're so happily married they just wanted to call a divorce and criminal defense lawyer and tell them. yes <laughs> so my sample size has selected itself to begin with all right no one calls me and tells me i've got five thousand dollars i want to bring it to you and tell you how happy i am <laughs> or what crime i didn't commit okay so my sample size is skewed <laughs> yeah. i'll admit that i think that the i think that the um that the pandemic um, did a couple things. Um, it, uh, as far as like, especially in, in intimate relations and in the family units, I think for, for some percentage, and I don't know exactly what percent, but I I think maybe, you know, 15, 20%, if I was just guessing and it's completely subjective, the guess is subjective and the, and the metric, the rubric for measuring it would also be, but I think there's some, some percentage of households and families that when the pandemic hit, they were sort of forced to, to see one another and be with one another and, and, and wrestle with the stuff that they otherwise could ignore. And I think for some small percentage, and I don't mean when I say small, I mean like not majority, but some number of people leaned in and they found that, the time that they were now putting in in the same place reminded them and reinforced for them why they were there in the first place and they were better off for it um, because they weren't going anywhere. And then they were like, you know what, now that I've spent, you know, whatever, however long with this person, you know, on any up until March of 2020, we got up every day and we went different directions and we drove the kids around separately. And then we wound up at the same place and went to bed in the same bed. And that was about it. Right. There's a lot of people living parallel lives. And that was suddenly changed. And they were suddenly not leaving. They were suddenly not spending a lot of time elsewhere. And and for some of those people, they wound up better off because they were able to sit down. and They were like, you know what? I really do like this person. Or, you know, we talked about the things that were like, we ran out of other stuff. We ran out of the easy stuff to talk about. So we talked about the hard stuff. So they're better off. I think there was a, I think there was a, a number of people that maybe about the same number that uh, it accelerated the end. And maybe that was the best thing to, that could happen. Um, they were not going to make their life was not going to get better, whether they spent more time or less together. They just needed to be done um, because they did not have the skill set and they had way too much contempt and, and, and conflict and, and, and damage done between them. 
And whatever, wherever the moment, wherever the tipping point was that that relationship could no longer be salvaged, they were past it, but they were absent the pandemic. They were just going to keep grinding it out slowly. They were just going to, they were just going to grind a little at a time until the bitter end and someone died. Um, so the pandemic for some people accelerated a necessary end. And then for a lot of people, they just sort of adapted to the, the underlying and the, and the, the core didn't change very much and maybe didn't need to change very much. They were just doing it slightly differently. Um, you know, I, human beings at the same time that we have not evolved to manage the overwhelming amount of technology and data and distraction that we are now getting from our technology at the same time, we are very adaptable and, and, um, and, and able to, 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 uh, to, you know, implement rapid change. So, you know, just on a micro level, you know, for me, I've been a lawyer for 30 years. We've been talking about technology in courtrooms for decades. Um, but no one ever anywhere would have suddenly said, you know what, starting next week, we're going to let lawyers appear in court on camera. Um, and, and even if we had decided we were going to do it, we'd still be studying it two years later. We'd still be forming committees and coming up with budgets and sending out RFQs and, and, and trying to figure out whether or not it could be done. Well, bam, all of a sudden it had to be done. And so it was, you know, it's like, there you go. Boom. So now when people say, oh, they want to get back to normal, I don't want to get back to normal. I do not want to get back to normal as a as a self-employed trial lawyer in a law office of one lawyer. I do not want to have to drive everywhere that a judge will allow me to appear on Zoom for a uncontested or, or low controversy, easy thing. So, I, you know, I live south of Nashville. I've got a judge in Gallatin that I appear in front of. I mean, not regularly, but often enough to know. I don't. I, I don't have to get up and drive to Gallatin. They, they'll they'll turn on the Zoom and schedule me in, and and we handle our business. And I never left home, and that's the world's better for that. So that's not really about families or anything, but um, you know, um, I can tell you this: I think there's a whole lot of. Um, people my age and older that suddenly got good at technology that otherwise might never have done that, that have now been able to integrate into far away or, or maybe not far away, but like otherwise not quite as accessible other people in their family. We just did a, um, we just did a fond farewell for my mother yesterday at the nursing home where she lived when she passed away. And, um, and there were 25 family members from around the country that that were on the Zoom that I just threw my phone up on a tripod and and they were able to participate and they wouldn't have been there. So they were there and they were able to chat with each other during the Zoom while the the camera pointed at the event. Um, so they had their own little party going on online. And the vast majority of those people were my parents' age. And I'd be willing to bet you that absent a a pandemic, not a single one of them would have understood or ever had a reason to think that they needed to know how to participate in something called Zoom. Very well said. And I, I, I hope that, you know, as we, we often think about generational gaps and, and differences and all that, while every generation is unique in terms of the circumstances they, they, they encounter, but hopefully 
you know, t- technology can at least alleviate some of those differences and, the, and for, for positive good, obviously. And, um, I, I, I certainly share that. Yeah. My dad still struggles with text messaging, but that's okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you text I, I, my dad in like three, you text my dad something like, Hey dad, are you home? I need to drop something off. And three days later you get, yes. you know for him it may it may not be a net gain i don't know sure sure um it's it definitely seems like sometimes when i communicate with some other people it's like is this faster or they're at the pony express you know so uh, yeah (laughs) my dad yesterday at the end of the at the end of the thing i had prepared a powerpoint presentation and set up a, a with my dad's direction i had set up a playlist for the for the party my mom wanted us to have a party for her when she died so we had a party for her and my dad wanted this specific genre of music he wanted beach music shag you know like low country south carolina beach music it's what they grew up listening to so i put that together on spotify and then i put together a a slideshow on um, powerpoint that ran during the party and i had like 125 pictures we'd accumulated from my mother's childhood all the way up to the end and uh, when we were done, my dad came over to me. And he goes, hey, did you get all those pictures and that music back from that lady? And I was like, yeah, we're good. He didn't he didn't understand that what I'd given her was completely digital and that there was nothing to, like, take back from her physically. He, he wanted to be sure that we got all the pictures back. I was like, yeah, I got it, Dad. We're good. Got it. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> I, I once one time spoke with someone who was um, – he or he was uh, he was saying we we got to check does does is it available at the you got to go to the computer store to get something like to get like a or to read an article or something and, I, and one of the first was like computer store like what, what what do you mean like a like a microsoft store or an apple store and it's like no no the computer store and it's like where all the articles are or where and I was like the right. articles. Wouldn't you go to like a newspaper? And turns out he meant he, he meant the internet. <laughs> it took a little while. <laughs> yeah. So when when I when I was in law school, the internet was just starting to like break into like life. You know, um, I left law school and I did not have an email address, and I had never had an email address. So this was ninety three. I didn't get an email address until I joined a big law firm that was out there on the front end of technology. But we had in law school, we had, you know, what the old school Lexus, Nexus, Westlaw stuff. And it was all on a monochrome green screen. It wasn't anything like it is now. So, you know, but you could actually go and and get you could actually go and find things and read stuff. And I was trying to explain to my grandmother how this Internet library worked. And my grandmother so this was 93. So she was 70 something long, long since dead. But at the time I was explaining to her, yes, Grammy, I can basically get the entire library of Congress right here on this computer. And she was furious at me because she was absolutely convinced that I was just trying to tease an old lady. And I was like, no, I'm like, and I just finally realized that this had, she could not wrap her head around it. Um, that, you know, and to me, it was just an evolution, you know, like I had grown up with, you know, the old, old, old Tandy computers that we wrote basic, you know, code when we were kids. And then we had some apples in the in the in the classroom, mostly in math class. So like computers were not like 
they they sort of come of age while I was growing up, and then the internet hit. But my grandmother just could not wrap her head around the possibility that there would be vast libraries of of knowledge on the internet. Um, and then years later, my father came home from duck hunting one time, and he said, "Well, I've got to go to the I got to go to the phone store." I've, I've broken my phone. And I was like, oh, no, what happened? He said, well, I went duck hunting and it's gotten all kinds of moisture in it. And, it, you know, I can't get the I can't get the moisture out of the screen. And so my mom and my dad went to the Apple store and my dad showed the man his phone. And he said, I've I, I think I, I got condensation in it when I was in the duck blind. And the guy took the phone and looked at it. Do you remember the old um, like screen, the old like wallpaper yes. that had drops of water? My father had confused the wallpaper drops of water for water that was on the backside of the glass. (laughs) So without without embarrassing my dad at all, the guy just took my dad's phone and he was like, I think I can I think I can take care of this for you, sir. And he like got my dad to unlock it and he like changed the wallpaper and he handed it back to my dad. And he's like, I think we're good. My dad was like, wow, how'd you do that? And my mom figured out what had happened. And but my dad literally went to the Apple store to have them fix his phone because he had selected the dewdrop wallpaper and thought that he'd gotten, he'd ruined his phone. Wow. Oh, wait, is it? And now my sons who are, how old are you? I'm 25 this year. Okay. So my sons are, my sons are your age. So now they mock me. Like if I don't instantly know how to like manipulate TikTok or something, you know, now they're like, okay, okay, grandpa. Oh, you know, so they've already started like, you know, reminding me that my time for uh, technological illiteracy will come. Uh, first of all, kudos to that to that guy at the Apple store. Cause I think, I think he, he took it, took it, it's customer service right there. But the other thing is I, I'm definitely watching myself when it comes to you know, before I say it kind of goes back to the whole thing, like, you know, kind of what goes around comes around. And for me, I'm just like, okay, well, before I say, comment anything about, about this technology to someone of a different generation, maybe I should be thinking a little bit about how, you know, in the future, there's going to be, there's going to be people younger than me who would be like, it's like, you don't know how to work AI or you don't know how to work this or whatever the next technology is. I'm, I, I'm just going to be just going to be just as confused. Yeah, because the rate of change is happening faster than any like, you know, I, I'm fairly literate um, technologically wise. But I, you know, I mean, it won't be long before, you know, three year olds are are able to, you know, like my parents could never program a VCR. Right. Like the old, the joke when I was coming up was that, you know, when when the power went out, you had to send the children around the house to set the clocks on all the VCRs because no adult in the house knew how to do it. And so same, you know, now it's whatever, whatever the equivalent of that is, you know. Um, but it's this is this is the this is the proof that the human being does not evolve as fast as the technology and that young people always think old people are, you know, like at best, like, um, hilariously incompetent and old people always look at young people and go back in my day, we had a, we had a pencil and we were happy. We had a pencil. (laughs) Uh, same, 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 same joke, different, you know, different technology. 
That's right. That's absolutely. Uh, well, bef- uh, let's see. Our before we get to our reflection phase, real quick, uh, Dan, I'd like to give you an opportunity first. First of all, you know, share a little bit about um, what you like to uh, like to leave or to the audience uh, about the the video. And obviously, I'll have the link, the original link, down in the show notes below. So I'll work with you to get that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Just go to my, I, I have, I, I think I have exactly one video on my channel because the original, the channel that we originally put it up on has been banned by YouTube for reasons unrelated to my video. So just, just go ahead and just Google me, find me, um, and link it, link to me. Uh, that way I'll get, you know, and it's funny because the, the video that was originally posted was ripped off and reposted and hundreds of millions of people saw it. And now the real one by the real guy is sitting there on YouTube with like, 2000 views or something. Um, so that's kind of the way it goes. Um, I don't know. What do you want to know about where, like, what you mean? Like what's happened since or what have you? Yes. Any ideas for the future on just making the video even more viral than it is already or something, maybe with merchandise or any kind of, uh, future ideas that you're thinking about? Oh yeah, man. I sold, I sold a bunch of t-shirts. I've kind of, you know, um, I, I, I've accepted the fact that I'm, this is it. I, I will, I don't know what I would have to do. I'm sure it would have to be something just absolutely horrible to have my legacy become something other than the hot, crazy matrix guy. Like I, I'd, I'd have to do some, I don't know what, um, probably something unspeakable to like, eclipse my fame as the, the hot crazy matrix guy because i tell people that i'm the i'm the most famous person they'll ever meet that they would never recognize because everyone has seen the video like i can show i can show people a screenshot and they're like oh yeah i did see that and i'm like well that's me and they're like no 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 it's not i mean i literally had a guy i was getting and this every this happens to me every week every week and we're talking going on eight years later and something like this happens every week. I was sitting in the chair getting my hair cut. Obviously, the three girls in the joint that cut my hair are all familiar with the video because obviously I had to tell them they all got sent the video, right? Everybody sent the hairdressers in their life the video. So I get my hair cut. They all know who I am. I'm sitting there getting my hair cut. Guy walks in the door. He's watching the video. like. Right. He walks in, he's two minutes in and he's laughing and he's like, man, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. My buddy sent me this, man. You got to see this. This is hilarious. Now we've all heard. We know what it is. There's me and these three girls in there and one of them's cutting my hair. We already know what's about to happen. Right. This guy is like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. My buddy just sent me this. I can't believe this. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And he sat down and I looked at him and he was still watching it. I said, hey, man. That's me. And he goes, I know, dude, it's all of us. Like we've all, we've all been there. And I go, no, 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 that is me. And he's like, I know, man, all of us, like every dude has been through this. And I'm like, you're not tracking what I'm saying, man. I'm telling you the dude in that video is me. Like that is me. And he goes, he looks at me and he cocks his head and he's like, no way. And he literally gets up and comes over and holds the phone up next to my face while I'm getting a haircut. And he's like, oh, my God, it is you. I'm like, who would claim to be that that wasn't? (laughs) And 
He couldn't believe it. And he took a selfie with me and sent it back to the dude that had just sent him the video. So, you know, I, I don't really have any plans. Um, I mean, I've just sort of accepted that this is, you know, everybody that knows me knows I did this video. And so like, if I meet someone new, they're like, this is the dude that did the video. And then they're like, Oh my God, dude, you got to under, dude, me and my buddies, we saw it. And like one of them was dating a Tiffany. And then we told him he had to get rid of her, but then she was got him arrested. And every week this happens. So I don't, I don't really have to do anything. Um, it's still just happening. Um, you know, I, the, the, I was in talks with with theaters or not with uh, studios to make a movie about that time. The Me Too hashtag stuff really blew up and nobody is going to green light a video, a movie like this. Um, not right now. They're all just trying to not get arrested and fired. Um, so I don't know if the pendulum ever swings back and somebody wants to put together a video, a movie or if they ever want to like, oh, I did just I. uh, uh Last month, I flew out to Phoenix. A guy's making a documentary on people that got famous by making viral videos. Oh, wow. there you um, go. <laughs> and he he tr- he tracked me down and he called me up and he's like, "I gotta have the hot crazy Matrix guy." And I was like, "What do you want to do, dude?" And he was like, "I'll send you a ticket. I'll fly out here. I'll feed you. I'll buy you drinks. I'll put you back on the plane. You go home." I was like, "Okay." So I flew out there and spent the day with him and and uh, when and if he gets his documentary, he's just, you know, he's just a dude putting together a documentary kind of as a side hustle. But, you know, I, of course I was going to say yes to that. Are you kidding yeah, me? No, right. Uh, and well, first of all, the guy at the, at the barbershop, I, I think his life is complete now. <laughs> that's, that's, right. <laughs> and, Not quite as often as it used to be, but it happens to me all the time. Um, I mean, I could go on and I could tell you 50 anecdotes. I was in a I was in a really nice restaurant in downtown Nashville a couple of years ago and people were watching the video in the booth behind me. Um, I mean, a really nice restaurant. And I I got up and my wife would look at me and she's like, you are not gonna. And I go, you bet I am. You think. <laughs> so I got up and I walked over to their table and I go, hey, guys, how y'all doing? And they were like, what are you doing, dude? And I was like, <laughs> you like that video? And they were like, yeah, it's funny. We were just, we were just showing them. They'd never seen it. We think it's hilarious. And I was like, yeah, notice anything? <laughs> and the girl immediately was like, oh my God. <laughs> so it happens. Uh, you got one of the best conversation starters, Dana. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, some, as the saying goes from Shakespeare, you know, some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon you. I think uh, you might be all three. <laughs> I didn't mean to change the world, but I think maybe I did. So, uh, Absolutely. This, this has been, first of all, it's been a phenomenal conversation. You know, we, it's, it's not often that we get conversations like this and, I'm not just a pretty face. Yes. <laughs> um, I I love how, you know, this. there's so many angles that we can take, but relating to Washington's farewell address. And there's really six pillars or principles from that speech. And to rename those, they're patriotism, faith, national unity, education, fiscal responsibility, and civility. So, Dana, if you could pick one, I know you might be able to pick multiple, but if you could pick one of those pillars that that you th- that you like to highlight which one of those you think is most relevant to our discussion today and really just i guess maybe the relationship to the hot crazy matrix i think watch the only problem i have with washington now is that he was 200 years early to watch this video and to be able to put that as part of the farewell address that's that's the <laughs> i think i have to say that i think my video would fall on 
deaf ears with the founding fathers. I, I think culturally <laughs> it would be a miss with them. Um, maybe I'll, maybe I'll edit the question and say, which one of those, which one of those principles do I wish we had uh, a healthier dose of today? And, and, uh, I would say civility because, um, we have lost the, I say lost, many people have intentionally discarded the ability to disagree with someone, but respect them. They now the, um, the, there, there's, there's a lot less honest debate and more, um, simple ad hominem destruction, um, where you, you, you disagree not only with the idea, but then you decide that it is to, to disagree with the idea requires that you also attempt to destroy the speaker. Um, and so, uh, I, I would urge civility because if you can't, if you can't be civil to someone with whom you disagree, you will never persuade them to your way of thinking. If, if that, that matters to you, Epictetus told us that, um, it is better to be corrected than to correct. It is better that some, some flaw in your own thinking be fixed for you than that you go around thinking you can fix everyone else. And I think that's probably true. Like, am I better off if I tell 10 people something that's right and, and seven of them knew and three didn't. So the three that didn't know that I was right now know that I was right about something. Well, that's maybe the world's a slightly better place, but I'm better off if three people tell me something I was wrong about and I fixed the way I think. So um, if we go around being uncivil to one another, then none of that's going to happen. So I would urge, I would urge a, 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 a restoration of civility because then maybe we can have some difficult conversations about the policies and the ideas and the, the, the competing means to accomplish. Well, first of all, we would have to identify common goals and then we would have to discuss the means to accomplish those goals. But with the incivility at the level that it's at, we can't even agree on what we're trying to do. Never mind how. Mm, what very well said. Well, um, I, I just love how you're able to tie this in back to, you know, the fundamentals of, of being civil. And I absolutely agree. This, I will tell you in the audience that civility so far, I've asked the same question to almost every single guest. Civility still keeps coming up as the number one thing, as the most common, most commonly mentioned word that is in ironically not mentioned or not even practiced as much nowadays. Yeah, I, I, it was one of the, it was one of the Stoics. It may have been Epictetus, but one of them said, "You know, if you have to kill a man, it costs nothing to be polite while doing it." <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like, well, there's no, co there's absolutely no additional cost to being polite. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, uh, well, Dana, this was a wonderful conversation, and I, I just want to really express my appreciation to you because. Not only have you entertained so many people, and you've you've pro and you've really brought this this ray of sunshine and of hope to people uh, to to so many audiences, but I think it's just your ability to really identify some of those key issues that 
should be talked about, but are not. And the authenticity really comes out. And I cannot thank you enough for you know, spending some time today to discuss some of those issues. Not Obviously, I want as many people, more people, we want to increase that number of 300 million. Hopefully, most important, <laughs> I want people to enjoy and have this opportunity to enjoy uh, some entertainment because we, we desperately need that nowadays just to have, just to be able to take a break from, from a lot of the complexities and challenges in life to, to, um, to, to watch something like this, enjoy it for, for generations to come. Well, I'm, uh, I'm certainly glad to have been here and it's always a pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that'll wrap up our two-part conversation with Dana McClendon, the inventor and creator of the hot, crazy matrix I hope you had a lot of fun, enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Make sure to share that video to your friends and family, to those who haven't seen it already. I'm really, really appreciative of Dana to join us and to share his story with this incredibly viral video. Subscribe to our email list, subscribe to our podcast for the latest content. Enjoy the rest of your day and rest of your week. And remember, a day in America always gets better when we are with our friends and fellow citizens.